0: The SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big. Win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. Get mountain cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to coorslight.com slash SGP. That's coorslight.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. And we are giving away $500 in our NFL Drafts Props Contest. Just go to SportsGamilyPodcast.com slash draft or click the Contest tab in the SGPN app. Tuesday afternoon, that can only mean one thing in the world of the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast. It's time for some USFL. Justin Mark back with me as my resident USFL expert. Man knows so much more than I do and is now fully on board the Brian Scott bandwagon. Justin, welcome back.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me, and I absolutely am on board.
0: The, the guy, I mean, fantastic. We'll get to his game in a little bit. But I got to tell you, folks, I, I you know, very rarely do you hear me do victory laps. You know this. I, I'm a man who tries to stay humble. But when it comes to the guy known as Brian Scott, I just am so excited for his success. And, uh, you know, just the fact that he he came out last week and, and played the way he did. Uh, and not only that. But liked Justin's tweet. That that's the most important part of the of the day. We're bearing the lead.
1: <laughs> Absolutely liked the tweet. DM'd me and said he appreciated the sport or the support. Super nice guy. Super nice. Um, down to earth, like you had said before. And man, he looks good when you watch him play. He looks every bit of the part.
0: It, it just I cannot believe. Like I said, the the I, but I've seen it, so I guess I can believe it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, USFL games happened this weekend. No delays, so unfortunately, we did not get a Monday night treat uh, for us. But we did get four, okay, three and a half, I think, really good games this weekend. Uh, because really, I knew when I mean, we all sort of knew, right, that this league was going to take just a little bit of time. You you can't expect them to come out the first week and look like a league that's been around for twenty years. You just can't. So for this week to happen. And for us to get treated to some of the scores that we got, some of the action that we got, I mean, it just for the next seven weeks, seven, eight, eight weeks of the regular season, this is just going to get better and better and better. So we, we had to be patient, and, and we still kind of have to be patient these, these first couple of weeks. But all in all, Justin, I'd say that I was very impressed with what I saw from a lot of the teams and a lot of the players this week.
1: Absolutely. And it seems like, um, even though there are some teams that are starting to kind of raise, rise above the rest, um, it's still anybody's game each week. You know, just like any football, any professional sport, it's anybody's game. That makes it more exciting. Most of these games, as you said, three and a half, were very competitive um, again. And it's just good football. It's so fun to watch. You know, I, I see people complain about this or that or no fans in the stand. how can you complain we have football in spring it's fun to watch and it's it's good football you know you can tell that they are professionals out there giving it their all and it's just it's super entertaining
0: although i'm glad you brought up the fans in the stands because i gotta tell you listen if you look at the birmingham crowd like four birmingham's games that's a good crowd how can you expect anybody, I mean, they're like, oh, but they're football fans. No, but you go out to watch your home team, right? I mean, no going to pack the stands for the Michigan Panthers and the New Jersey Generals if you're not one of those fans. I know that people love football, and I love that everybody wants to, to say, well, they'll go out and watch regardless. No, not, not quite so much. You want to gauge your response off of the home team's crowd. Is it 50,000 strong? Is it 100,000 strong? no but it'll get there but at least the home crowd has a crowd you know at least a home team has a crowd everybody else i didn't expect for them to pack the stands for you know somebody that wasn't their team the new orleans breakers no no one's going to watch that team unless it's theirs
1: yeah and and their the usfl's projection model is all based on the tv ratings anyways so um while you know it's nice to see fans in the stands it, like you said you can't expect people to travel from michigan to go to the games because not everybody can just do that and if you are in birmingham and you're gonna pick one game to go to of course you're gonna go see see birmingham
0: yeah no one's gonna no one's gonna buy season tickets to the entire season it's just not it's just not feasible so uh everybody get off the jock of of no fans i just i'm tired of that narrative uh let this team be around two three four years and then complain to me if there's still no crowds then you have an argument this year just let it happen man quit being so damn negative about uh crowds and and fans in the stands because we're watching at home millions of us are watching at home which is exactly what they want us to do
1: absolutely and we're enjoying it watching from home from the comforts of our couches (laughs)
0: I don't have to worry about rain in my living room. Uh, exactly. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. It depends on if the kids spill anything on me, and then, then we're talking <laughs> about rain. Uh, all right. So as we do in USFL Tuesday, uh, we're going to break down the four games for you. Uh, eight-minute format of breaking down the games. Then we're going to give you some free agent names because there were some folks that emerged off of these that, well, of course we knew it, from week one to week two. We know these rosters are still going to be absolutely fluid. So we'll give you six names to work on on your fantasy rosters. Keep in mind for your DFS and just uh, have a good old time. Uh, just getting to know new football players. It can never hurt to get to know a few of them. So, All right. Load eight minutes on the clock. We start with the New Jersey Generals who barely beat the Michigan Panthers. And this, this game, 10-6 to 6 was the final score. It, and it told every bit of how this game ended up. I, I I wanted to I wanted to be entertained by this game, but there was so much there were so many mistakes and so much not happening in this game that I I feel like this may have been a, a very limpy way to start off the the game. But the, for the Panthers, we we take a look at uh, Shea Patterson, the first overall pick, and this is why we're going to Shea first, is he was the first overall pick in the USFL draft, only 14 completions on 29 attempts 124 yards no touchdowns no interceptions justin you can't have a quarterback completing less than half of his pass and expect to win a game
1: agreed um and they did i think for the second week in a row i don't think i think he was right around that mark last week so they they've got to get the ball moving in the air um i know that they have ran the ball decent it's been okay and their defense has played all right but they've got to start moving that ball in the air more efficiently rather than moving it in the air the last couple drives seems like the past two games it's been the last couple drives that they've really moved that ball um, and had success i think that's probably more because of prevent defense but um yeah they they got to figure something out in that passing game
0: and and really to be honest with you It's not the receiver's fault. I mean, because you look at what Lance Lenore did last week, and he did all right. I mean, obviously, this week he he diminished. Now, you can sort of thank the generals' defense for that. They definitely did play tough. Uh, The Panthers had so many three and outs. They had five three and outs in this game, eight total punting drives. It just did not seem to catch at all for this Panthers offense. And yet, they were still in the game. So, you know, even that little alert told me, hey, guess what? The Panthers still had a chance to win in the end. They they were driving down the field and uh, the longest drive, the longest drive of their day, uh, to be honest with you, and they they couldn't pull it through. So but and I think another thing you, you look at the running game, too, for this, they, they did now incorporate a three headed monster in Stevie Scott, Cameron Scarlett, and now uh, they actually got Reggie Corbin into the mix. And they kind of cut into each other's production.
1: They really did. It seemed like it was hard for any of them to get anything going because of that. Um, it was very split. Stevie Scott had 26% of the carries Cameron Scarlett, 33% Reggie Corbin, 30%. And then Shea Patterson had three carries for 11%. So yeah, everybody kind of stepping over each other there as far as getting, uh, momentum going. Um, it's tough when you're coming in and out to really get the feel. Um, Scarlett of course did have the touchdown, but, if you look at their rushing averages, Stevie Scott, 3.6, Cameron Scarlett, 2.4, and Corbin, 2.6. Nobody could really move that ball much.
0: No, and, and, you know, seven carries, nine carries, eight carries. Scott had seven, Scarlett had nine, Corbin had eight. It just, yeah, it, it literally was almost split evenly down the road, so no, not one guy had the opportunity to carry the ball more. And, you know, you talked about their averages, but the longest run for any of those was Corbin with nine yards. <laughs> Nine-yard run. That's really not going to get it done for you. In the end, so yeah, I mean that that running game is going to have to get going to take some some heat off of Shea Patterson. But I will ask this before we move to the receivers, Justin: Is it time to see what Paxton Lynch can do?
1: Oh, it you know they we saw a little bit of him in the first game and he didn't do much at all except throw an interception and fumble <laughs> the ball. So I'm not sure if you trust him with that yet. Um, but yeah, it they got to do something. So maybe that is what is needed to at least spur some momentum.
0: I mean, it couldn't hurt at this point. Where you're losing already, you might as well see what you got in the in the guy that played in the NFL, uh, throwing to guys like Lance Lenore, Lance Lenore. Say that three times fast. Lance Lenore uh, caught four catches this this time. Nine targets though, twenty three yards last week. He had a pretty big game, seventy yards and a touchdown. But this this week follows it up with a twenty three yard performance on four catches. I mean, his long was seven yards, so they did not stretch the field with him at all. Uh, And in fact, it turned out to be tight end Marcus Baugh, who led the team in receiving yards, at least with 38 of them on three receptions. But you're in for a long season if Marcus Baugh is your leading receiver.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, And and when we talk fantasy wise, I don't know if any of the wide receivers at this point, except Lenore, are uh, rosterable. And then, well, you know, I know we're going to talk about Baugh later um, as far as free agency, but yeah they they need to do something and like you said maybe it's time to see if paxton lynch can get some momentum moving get those receivers down the field more
0: we'll touch a bit on uh bod just like you said coming up in our free agent period but let's move over to the generals where the two-headed beast continues to roam free in new jersey uh luis perez and deandre johnson split at quarterback again uh, this time Johnson did not have the success that he had in Week One on the ground, and it's because Michigan knew it was coming. I, I'm I'm here to tell you, you get predictable in this situation when Perez is in, and they they do it every other down. I mean, is Perez in, Johnson's in, Perez is in, uh, Johnson's in, but Perez finishes with only one less uh, completion than Patterson with 13, but he only he only attempted 19 passes, not even 100 yards for Luis Perez and an interception. Johnson. Five of six in his passing game for 48 yards he did add 10 yards for or 10 carries for 27 yards on the ground but look they got to get more creative with this or 10 points is all they're ever going to get in a game
1: yeah no i agree um you know i'm probably biased and sound like a broken record here because i've been saying that i think johnson's a better quarterback but um he, even when he was passing he looked like the better quarterback i think you need to pick one of these guys i personally would pick johnson because of his rushing upside and try to stick with them because then the defense won't be able to predict what you're doing so easily Um, like you said every other down and you basically you know what johnson's going to do he did throw some nice passes there um, but most of them came on some some type of run option pass play and rpo so um, I think you got to pick one of these guys and and go from there and see what that does for your offense to get it going.
0: I will tell you that I lost a prop bet because it was not Week One, but it was Week Two that Luis Perez's YouTube prowess uh, and how he taught it came up on the broadcast. So uh, <laughs> I lost that by a game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, Luis Perez. We know what we have in him, and, and again, it's, not, it's, it's pedestrian. You're not going to win very many games if your quarterback can't throw it for 100 yards, and he didn't even do it in Birmingham with the iron, so I don't know. I mean, it's time for a change in that, too, uh, but they did hand the ball off quite a bit. Uh, Victor Darius Victor got 11 carries for 40 yards and the only touchdown uh, on the ground, but here's the thing, too. Uh, even with Johnson... Getting 27 yards, uh, it still was not necessarily a huge day. They did get 100 gra- 100 yards as a as a total on the ground with Trey Williams adding 34 to that on nine carries. Um, but you know, again, you just you got to do more.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, I think Victor really has the opportunity to run away with the lead carry job here if he can stop fumbling. Um, you know, we, when we saw the little preview show in Week One, he had fumbled in practice. He fumbled in the game yesterday. He's going to have to really watch that, or I think they'll start giving the ball to Trey Williams more. But when he's not fumbling, Darius Victor has looked good. He runs very strong.
0: Well, and you look at the averages for Victor, it's 3.6 yards, Williams 3.8 yards. But, you know, just like you said, they both are explosive. Victor did have that big 21-yard run that he just bulldozed through. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be the key to their game, I think, is, is being able to run the ball. Uh, because it's not that they don't have, well, they don't have really the quarterback to, to wing it down the field. So they got to get it done. Uh, but for the receiving core and, and all the pass catchers, Darius Shepard emerged five yard or five receptions, 58 yards. Uh, and then Alonzo Moore finally showing up, three catches, 23 yards. Trey Williams added four catches for 22 yards. Uh, Brandon Bowman, the tight end, uh, caught two for 19. And then, uh, there, there other, um, tight end, Woody, Brandon caught a Brandom rather one catch for 12 yards. Bowman, Brandon, Brandom. Um, what that do you make of this? Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's, let's go back to Satterfield last week's hero. One catch three yards.
1: Yeah. Um, complete opposite of last week's game. Of course, where he had a hundred yards and the, the bulk of the target share, um, it, it's hard to make of this. And I don't know if it's the switching of quarterbacks that's throwing the rhythm. Um, You know, maybe Perez and Johnson have different favorites of who they like to throw to. I don't know for sure, but um, just as the same as their passing game, the same as their run game, there's a lot of inconsistencies here that are making it really hard to figure out who exactly is leading um, this team as quarterbacks, running backs and wide receivers.
0: We warned you. We warned you week. We warned you preseason. That it's gonna be difficult, and it's gonna take a couple of weeks to figure out exactly who's going to emerge. We all can make our best guesses. We all can tell you who we think it's going to be. But even from week to week, we're seeing now, as as the first two weeks are into the book are in the books, that it could be anybody. So just keep uh, keep an eye on for the next couple of weeks. Then it'll get ironed out, all in time <laughs> for the next season. So, uh, all right, we load up eight more minutes on the clock, and we move over to the uh, Pittsburgh Maulers, the Battle of Pennsylvania versus the Philadelphia Stars, where I can sing the praises of my favorite quarterback. But let's, let's talk first about those Maulers who made a game out of it. After looking like completely lost in the first week, uh, they come out and actually do very well. Josh Love led them 21 completions on 39 attempts two hundred and thirty six yards we are seeing some nfl numbers on there two touchdowns two interceptions uh josh love had it all going on in this game
1: he did and he looked pretty good you know um last week they tried a little bit of Laletta. they let him throw the ball 10 times this week it was all josh love and he did not do a bad job um you know obviously the stars won but the maulers led that game at times they stayed competitive in the game um Love threw for two touchdowns, two interceptions as well, but um, continue to clean that game up and improve and that the, the Maulers might finally turn this around and we, we won't be going, what is going on with their offense?
0: Well, and so, you know, with, with Love, it just, it looked like he was very confident and he did have to keep up with the Stars. I mean, this was not a game mm-hmm. where he could be Uh, A Shea Patterson and just sort of fade in the background because if he wanted to keep up with the stars He was gonna have to do exactly what he did and he did Uh, The stars did pull it out 30 to 23. Uh, We buried the lead. We didn't get the score, but you know There there was a lot going on in the in the passing game But also a lot going on in the rushing game for this. This was a much improved I mean, I I guess if we were gonna add or if we were going to to talk about a, a much improved team I think this is the much improved team between week one and week two. Uh, Garrett Groschek, 18 carries, 77 yards. Madre London, 10 carries, 46 yards. This running game, uh, 123 total yards. Just looked really good. 4.3 yards per carry for Groschek, 4.6 for London. Very good outing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, they both picked up their average from the previous week. Um, ran the ball just more efficiently. Looked a lot better. Uh, the running and the blocking looked better. Garrett Groschak has a lead on this backfield, but I think both of them are relevant because of how many times the Maulers run the ball. Um, love how Groshek runs the ball. He's a tough guy, and there's one um, clip where he just gave a huge stiff arm to a guy. Um, I like seeing that out of a runner. I, I love seeing tough running backs like that. So that was good to see. It was fun to watch.
0: Well, and I'm thinking that they may not be missing Davion Smith as much as we anticipated them missing him when the start. I mean, Agreed. They, yeah, they probably would be a lot better off with him, but it's looking like Garrett Groshek might not necessarily be uh, as big a step down as we initially had thought. Uh, but as far as the receiving game goes, Bailey Gaither, as was made clearly evident by the announcers, was Josh Love's. Favorite target over there in San Jose State Uh, Seven catches 117 yards and a touchdown Looked really good Delvin Hardaway Added four catches for 48 yards Joe uh, Trey Walker Rather caught three for 70 Or 27 and then uh, Brandon Mack caught one for two London contributed uh, their other Tight end Hunter Therford Got two and a touchdown Uh, And then Siebert and Groshev Caught two but Bailey Gate through the story of the day
1: Yeah, um, they did tend to mention that a a couple different times that they they both played at San Jose State. But yeah, Gaither looked really good. Um, Obviously a great performance, an average of 16.71 yards per catch. Love to see that. Hardaway looked good as well. He had 12, average of 12 per catch. Um, Both those guys were targeted nine times. Uh, Walker targeted seven, and then Hunter Thedford didn't have a huge game, just the 10 yards, but he had the touchdown and was targeted five times. So that's something to keep an eye on as far as um, if he's going to continue to get more looks than Matt Seibert and um, potentially hold some value there as long as he can get some more yards. But uh, with the touchdown and the red zone look, it's definitely promising.
0: I will keep an eye on him. Uh, Again, it's just a matter of – who emerges week to week, especially at the tight end position, because that's always a crapshoot, even in the NFL. So, uh, all right, let's move over to the uh, stars side of the whole conversation, where Brian Scott, 26 of 36, 272 yards, which led the league in yardage total, three touchdowns, one interception, plus he ran one in. Uh, Justin, I'm clipping. I'm clipping this out for our headliner. Uh, app so sing the praises of Brian Scott.
1: Well, first of all, how does the player of the week go to Kyle Slaughter? No offense to him, but man, Brian Scott looked good. He's he's composed, you know, if the line breaks down, he can move away from the pressure, throw the ball right where it needs to be. Um he just he looks every bit of the part. He's every bit of the part that you want to see in a professional quarterback. Second week in a row that he's thrown for 36 times, percentage a little higher this time, yardage 70 yards higher. Um, he just, he's what you want to see and he is fun to watch. He is worth, I just, um, put something out on social media about if you have not watched a game, tune in and watch the stars because Brian Scott makes it worth the watch. He will make you a fan of this league.
0: I mean, look, he is reunited with his spring league coach. Many of his spring league compadres, or maybe not even his necessarily, but played under the same system as their head coach. So this offense was already turnkey when it hit the the field which is why i think they have a leg up on just about every other team out there so uh to to watch brian scott now settle in with those people weren't that weren't familiar with it it's just it's amazing and i cannot wait for more uh because again we're in for a show so uh let's turn Like well, you know, look we could talk about brian scott for the rest of the five minutes but <laughs> let's not uh <laughs> finally paul terry Get some uh, run in this. And he had eight rushes for 33 yards. Not a huge total, but uh, definitely getting some work. Uh, And then, of course, Brian Scott got in there. Uh, Darnell Holland, not a very effective day. Two attempts for negative four yards, uh, but he got hurt. So, unfortunately, that that ended his day early. But then when one man falls, another uh, comes in, and that's Paul Terry's territory now
1: yeah, and he looked really good. Um, scored the first three point play that we've seen in the USFL. So that was fun to see as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know if Holland's injury is going to be long term or if he'll be back if he is back. i don't I don't know if this is a fifty fifty backfield or which guy will take the lead. Um, I know going into this, they were pretty adamant about Hollands are running back. But um, like you said, when one guy goes down, the next one has to step up. And Paul Terry definitely looked like he can do that.
0: Well, we almost saw a 300-yard game from a quarterback. So that means that there's a lot of pass catchers to talk about. So let's get to those. Maurice Alexander leads all Stars receivers. Eight catches, 87 yards, two touchdowns. And then Jordan Sewell uh, had six catches for 72 yards. And Bug Howard, your boy, four catches, 44 yards. Uh, DeAndre Overton, three catches, 42 yards. Paul Terry, two catches, 16 yards, of course, with that three-pointer as well. Uh, Darnell Holland got a couple of catches before he left. And then uh, Pro Wells, (laughs) one catch, four yards. Uh, Really, again, just an overall outstanding day for the guys like Maurice Alexander and Jordan Sewell, uh, who really just benefited from Brian Scott having a great day as well.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, when you have guys that Brian Scott's throwing to, they're all um, capable of having good days because he doesn't focus on just one receiver. You can see him going through his progressions. So these guys are all relevant. Um, Alexander, nice day with the two touchdowns, um, but Sewell had more targets. So uh, interesting to see which one of those will leap ahead or if they will remain pretty consistent. And then. I'm gonna keep singing the praises of Bug Howard. He looks good. He gets open. Um, he he's a tight end, but he played wide receiver. And I think you can kind of see that in the way he runs the ball after he catches it. He's got his eyes downfield and he's looking to make a move.
0: It's funny. I watched him on camera when they were when they were panning to him, and it's like that's a receiver. Like that's yep. that's not a tight end. That's a receiver. Like when you see tight ends, you see like these big stocky guys, and he just he looks like a receiver. So I, I get I mean, I always get what you're saying, but by the same token, it's like, yeah, at at some point, Bug's just gonna go nuts.
1: For sure. And I'm looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a, a harp reserved for you for Bug Howard corner, is is what we're what we're yep. getting at. <laughs> uh all right, let's talk about the Birmingham Stallions, the home team versus the Houston Gamblers. I I'm here to tell you that I totally just misread this Birmingham Stallions team. They actually are a lot better than I gave them credit for. And I'm willing to just go ahead and step up and say, yes, I think they're going to be contenders by the end of the season uh, because they, they really did handle Houston, who I thought was going to be a better team. 33-28 was the final score there uh, for Jamar Smith. 20 of 30 for 229s, two touchdowns, and an interception. There was no sight, obviously, of Magoo because Magoo's hurt, but... I, I got to ask, are we going to see Magoo again?
1: I don't know how you can take the job from j at this point. Um, he's looked very good. You know, he brings a dual threat capability and he just looks like he's having fun out there. I think um, you watch him and the guys around him seem to like him a lot. I think this is his team now. Um, I, I normally, I do not like a guy losing his job because of an injury, but um this is an instance where Magoo did not look the best to start off. j came in and led from behind in week one for them to win. Then he gets his second win. I think you keep the momentum with him. I think changing at this point um, throws the momentum off of everybody.
0: It, it looks sketch obviously with that that pick six the trade the trade off of pick sixes you thought oh here we go Uh, and then a field goal a punt a field goal on the next one a a fumble punt but then all of a sudden uh, in the second half it was like something clicked the the adjustments were made because then the drives began to to result in, in some good stuff touchdown 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 uh you know a couple of punts at the end but you know for jamar i don't know if it was just knocking off some rust but yeah, he definitely looked good. Added some some yardage in the in the run category, too. He had eight carries for 31 yards. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is Jamar Smith's game unless unless something happens to him. I don't see Magoo really making a, a big push to come back. So,
1: Agreed. But, and that, that pick he threw, uh, sorry to pick no, off there, but that pick he threw, um, that was just a heck of a play by Likely, the cornerback there, the way he dove to make that, and then popped right up to run it for the touchdown that that was just an excellent defensive play
0: yeah sometimes you just can't put it on the quarterback it's it's yeah. good defensive play uh but again it always helps to have good guys to hand off to and and uh, you know smith has got that uh cj marable which justin this is one of those good calls that you made in the preseason 16 carries 76 yards and a touchdown but tony brooks james just won't go away either nine carries 62 yards uh and no touchdowns but you know he had a good 24-yard run there in the game as well. Two really solid running backs for uh, Smith, who also can run the ball too. This is this is something that teams are going to have to watch out for.
1: Yeah, week one I was a little surprised; those two only combined for 49 yards. And then week two, it was more of what I expected to see. They went off for 138. Um, CJ maribel has got 48 percent of the carries in week two, 27 percent for Tony Brooks James. So. Definitely CJ's backfield as of right now. He also got the touchdown, but um, Tony Brooks-James cuts in enough to that to remain relevant, especially when he's averaging 6.9 per, uh, yards per carry like he did this last weekend.
0: I mean, again, a good, solid running game, especially in leagues like this where it's not always easy to, to pass the ball uh, because of just inconsistency at the positions or just not knowing the playbook well enough. So, yeah, I mean, these guys are going to be trouble going forward so if you have them on your roster congrats if not go get one uh find a way to trade for tony books james is probably one that people will, may let go depending on who they have also as well so uh all right let's talk receiving uh where victor bolden jr had the most catches did not have the most yards he had eight catches for 39 yards in the game but it was marlon williams three catches uh 88 yards and a touchdown uh, his long 64-yarder that gave him the time. I mean, it's just a great play overall, uh, and, and that was one that I think really set the tone, especially, like I said, in that third that third quarter. Um, Osiris Mitchell gets a touchdown on three catches of 48 yards, uh, and then Mar- Maribel gets in there for a couple catches, Brooks James, uh, and then also Carrie Angeline, the uh, tight end. Uh, yeah, I mean, a couple of big targets, and then just sort of periphery guys.
1: Yeah, Osiris Mitchell's second touchdown in two weeks, Um, so it definitely looks like he's becoming kind of a favorite around the end zone there. That uh, throw to Marlon Williams, that was a nice throw. Um, I was very impressed when I saw that. It just glided right to him. It was right where it needed to be, so that was a a great play by both wide receiver but also by uh, quarterback Jamar Smith. Vic Bolden had 12 targets, 40% of the target share, so even though he didn't have as good of a day, um, still a lot of value there.
0: You give Jamar another week of practice. I think he's settling in. I honestly think you're going to see more of that, especially 30. This was a this was the highest scoring game of the weekend, right here. Which, by the way, just to pat myself on the back real quick, I had the over on this and uh, it crushed nice. it. <laughs> so, uh, all right, let's move over to the Houston side of it. I, I want to like Clayton Thorson. I do. I want to, but it just seems to me as if. It's it's good, and then it's not. He had 13 completions on 27 attempts. Uh, again, less than half, 141 yards, two touchdowns, which, yay, but three interceptions, which was enough to bring Kenji Bahar in to throw one completion on six attempts for nine yards. It, it just, it was bad, Justin.
1: Yeah, second week in a row where Thorson has had some really good plays and some really bad plays. Um, you know, he made a great play. Rolling to the left, threw across his body for a touchdown, um, but then one of those, a couple of those interceptions. One flew out of his hand. Funny, um, you just can't make those mistakes and expect to win the game. Um, it, a lot of inconsistencies, and they definitely need to to clean it up if they want to start winning some more games.
0: Yeah, but I don't think Kenji Bahar is the answer either. So it's going to have to be it's going to have to be Thorson. He's going to have to figure something out.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Uh, and I don't think he doesn't know that. <laughs> I mean a lot of times we get we get slammed for for talking about some players but it's like they know it. I mean what yep. what are we going to say more than they're not beating themselves up about. So uh I'm cheering for everybody. I want everybody to pull through because I am a, uh, a habitually nice person. So uh but you know, you just got to call it down the middle like you see it. So uh but something you do ca- you can call is uh Mark Thompson. This guy 16 carries 93 yards, just a hell of a day on the ground. I, I did say that if he was going to get going on the ground, Houston had a very strong chance of winning, and that was pretty much it. Dalen Dawkins spelled him for seven carries, 25 yards, but really, again, this was all Mark Thompson in the running game.
1: Yeah, in his second week in a row where his average has been over five yards a carry, he had 5.5 in week one, 5.8 week two, so definitely somebody that has a lead on the backfield and has a lot of value. Yep. So
0: again, if you have Mark Thompson, I know you're not letting him go, uh, unless you really, really need help. But uh, this is like more of a DFS name to keep an eye on, depending on how people actually uh, or how DraftKings starts to uh, adjust the the pricing on that. But yeah, I mean, he is the guy, and he will continue to be the guy, especially if Thorson uh, is you know still only completing half of his passes. But we'll move on to the receivers, where we'll talk about uh, Anthony Ratliff Williams, who led with five catches for 40 yards uh, but it was Tyler Simmons who had the touchdown catch along with Isaiah Zuber um, Simmons had two catches for 53 yards Zuber had two catches for 29 yards uh, Julian Allen caught three for 14 and Tyler Palka caught two for 14 but uh, again it was Simmons and Zuber Zuber little over Zuberith, Zuberith. what what <laughs> But yeah, those, those are the guys with the touchdowns.
1: Yeah. And Zuber looked good last week. Looked good again this week. um, Seven targets, 21% of the target share. Tyler Simmons guy played um, guy that played college ball at Georgia. I feel like I can't talk today. (laughs) Uh, Two receptions, 53 yards, 10 targets though. Um, So 30% of the target share. If he continues to get looked at that often, um, he's definitely going to rise to the top of this receiving core.
0: Read into those numbers, though. A lot of those were drops. You know, like a yeah. guy gets ten targets. There were some overthrows, sure, but there was a, there. Yeah, Thorson was not getting helped out by his receivers. That's for sure. So, uh, but this is this is a, a receiving room to to monitor. So keep uh, keep your eyes posted on our on our feed because we'll we'll keep you updated on which which receivers are actually going to be uh, the ones moving forward for Houston. Uh, should Thorson find his way around? Now to the marquee matchup, which I feel like we should give ourselves more like 16 minutes to talk about this one. Um, (laughs) I say marquee only because uh, the score may not dictate it, but this was a game where New Orleans proved both of us wrong, Justin. This is our we-need-to-eat-crow game because the New Orleans Breakers throttled the Bandits, 34-3, to just nothing going right for the Bandits. But for the Breakers... Hyle had a Brian Scott esque performance in this game. <laughs> 25 of 39 for 266, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The man snapped his groin, came back, and continued to play. He gets he gets my Iron Man of the Week award.
1: Yeah. Um, he looked awesome. I misread this team on offense, defense, all across the board. I misread this team. They're proving me wrong. Um, Slaughter looked really good. Um, He's a guy that I'd I'd like to see do well. You know, he spent some time with the Bears in their training camp. um, And so I'm a fan of him because I had researched him then. But yeah, looked good. Couldn't do anything wrong, it seemed like. Um, And if he continues to play like this, they're going to be a tough team to beat.
0: They most certainly will. I'm not – so what was it, Colby? That Or, yeah, Colby always talk about Slower Saturdays. Well, it is – we yep. were in for a Slaughter Sunday is what we were in for. Uh, like I said, if you can snap a groin and come back, bro, I mean, you've, you've got my vote. So, uh, But it actually was the run game, too, that helped him out quite a bit. Jordan Ellis, 21 carries, 64 yards. I mean, the yardage total was not necessarily there for Ellis, but to carry the ball 21 times – uh, you know, it helps your quarterback quite a bit to be able to hand off the ball that much. Of course, a lot of that was when they were already up huge anyways, so it really didn't matter. But also, uh, TJ Logan, 10 carries 43 yards and he had the touchdown. Of course, Kyle Sloter ran one in as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's an Ellis and Logan backfield and, and we're all just living in the rest of the world
1: with it. Yeah. And they've both have looked effective and good at times. Um, I actually kind of think T.J. Logan has looked a little bit better, even though Ellis seems to be getting more carries, um, 64% of the backfield compared to 30%. But um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out going down the season if Logan continues to have a higher yard per carry average.
0: Logan just looks more explosive. that That's really mm-hmm. what it is. I mean, Ellis looks like a plotter, which... I- You know, there's nothing wrong. It's just like when people call quarterbacks game managers. It's nothing bad. Like a a plotter, you need those plotters. You need those guys to just push around for three or four yards right away or or a couple of yards here and there uh, to soften up the defensive line. Like everybody has their purpose, but Logan Jr. looks like the kind of guy that could just, you know, bust out and go. So uh, I I definitely like that side of it as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, just, I don't know that uh, I want to get the ownership percent, I mean, the roster ship percentages. For these players, because uh, T.J. Logan was the guy that was picked, but I think Jordan Ellis might still be out there in some leagues.
1: Yeah, um, T.J. Logan was somebody that I picked up uh, f- after week one, so was excited to see him run that touchdown in.
0: <laughs> uh, that's definitely nice to see too when you're when the guy you picked up on waivers scores you a touchdown. Uh, there's a badge for that in Yahoo, right? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's talk about who Slaughter was throwing to. Uh, Jonathan Adams. Uh, again, one of those names where people last week wouldn't have ever thought, but here he is catching five catches, 92 yards. Uh, and then, of course, Ta- uh, Taewon Taylor, five catches, 43 yards. Johnny Dixon, uh, five catches, 42 yards. Logan actually caught for himself for 29 yards. And then the man of the hour, our, our own Wolf of Oaklawns, uh, Sean Poindexter, two catches, 26 yards, but a pretty touchdown catch as well. Uh, And then Justin Johnson caught two for 23. Sal Cannella got in the mix with a catch, but very impressive play by these breakers receivers.
1: Yeah, both touchdowns were um, great examples of field awareness on both of those. The guys were right by the sideline or the back of the end zone and tapped both feet down before they were pushed out. Um, Very impressive. And then Jonathan Adams had uh, multiple catches. The one-handed one. And he had another one where he kind of turned back and jumped and reached over the defender. He looked extremely impressive. Um, as far as wide receivers that have looked the part, Sunday watching Jonathan Adams, he looked the part. He looked every bit of a professional wide receiver. Um, and, and yeah, he, I was just very impressed with his play.
0: OBJ probably called him afterwards. It's like, hey, man, don't, <laughs> uh, don't steal my thunder. Uh, right. yeah. but we'll talk about a couple of these on the, on the, uh, free agent part of it but yeah keep an eye on this breakers team it's a little bit better than most people anticipated in fact I did pick them to be the upset of the week because I was like okay I'm done hating on the breakers it's 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 high time to hate on the uh, stop hating on the breakers and I did say that the defense was going to be a problem for none other than Jordan Ta'amu who we'll move to right now we'll talk about that offense for as good as everybody kept saying it was in week one just really hit the wall and Tamu completed 8 only 8 of his 18 attempts for 62 yards, one interception and then that brought on Brady White for just a little bit. 3 uh completions for 10 yards. I'm sorry, 3 of 10 for 34 yards and an inter- interception as well. They just could not get anything going uh, at all. This defense was that good?
1: No, it wasn't. Um Ta'amu, you know, multiple people here, uh, other sites, all around you saw that he was the number one quarterback. Um, a lot of people were touting that. I, I had him in my rankings as the number one quarterback. But you can't be a number one quarterback and have a game where you only throw for 66 yards and a 44% completion rating. Um, he, he I'm sure he knows it. I'm sure he expects better of himself. But that was a very um eye-opening performance of maybe he's not what everybody was you know he's not reaching the hype right now right so now you have to really reevaluate like was it all hype did the breakers just play really good defense you know what exactly is going on with Jordan Tamu, and how does he turn that back around
0: I'd say it's a healthy combination of both I, I would say that the defense was that good and and look Tamu. We saw him in spurts uh, in, in St. Louis be really good. And and there was a reason why he was hyped. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I'm never going to say that he's a bad quarterback. We all know that he's a talented quarterback. He's a professional quarterback. But the problem is, is again, you have to feel yourself out here. You know, you've got to figure out what you've got around you. And for Tom, who it's just he's, he's had one good game. He's had one bad game. Now we have to see how he bounces back and, and, and does it again next week. So, if we talk about the running game, he led, the, he led all rushers. He, he had four carries, 45 yards, uh, won a couple of big scrambles, one for 22 yards. And then it was B.J. Emmons who carried the ball 14 times for uh, 39 yards. Not very effective there either. Jawan Washington got in the mix for seven, for 27. And then John Franklin even got four carries for 18 yards. So, the running game didn't help out their quarterback.
1: Not at all. And... Um PJ Emmons in week one, like the first couple drives looked very impressive, but he ended up finishing the day with a 2.1 um, carry average and then week two, a 2.8. So if they can't start opening more holes or he can't find more space, they're really going to struggle because it can't all rest on Amu to move the ball. Um, they got to get that run game going somehow besides just... Tom, we're running the ball you know we can't have him be the leading rusher of the team and still expect them to win ball games
0: you cannot and really his receivers much like we said didn't help him or the running game didn't help the receivers definitely didn't help him out uh bj emmons was the leading receiver with catches three three catches for 29 yards uh cheyenne o'grady who was the darling of week one came back with two catches for 21 yards uh daquan De- uh, hampton their tight end two catches for 20 yards john franklin only one catch for 19 yards and then Ash- uh, rashad davis one catch for eight yards uh lastly jordan lasley got targeted four, five times no catches and then vinnie papali got targeted four times with no catches as well uh i mean there's not much to really talk about there, there there's nobody emerging as as a receiver other than cheyenne o'grady still
1: Yeah, he took the words right out of my mouth. There's not much to talk about there. Um, When you only complete eight passes, what can you say, you know?
0: (laughs) Not much at all, to be honest with you. So, uh, all right. Well, that wraps up the game recaps. We're going to step away for a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some free agent names to put on your radar as we head into week three of the uh, USFL season. Make sure to get down on the win bets. Bet $10, win $200 promotion, where a $10 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets plus. The win bet casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the wins own build your own bet feature. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a three plus leg build your own bet parlay between thursday through saturdays you can keep taking advantage of the offer on the nba playoffs so much to choose from and all you got to do is download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com to get started offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through win is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 we're giving away $500 in our NFL Draft Props Contest. Just go to sportsgowningpodcast.com slash draft or click the contest contest tab in the SGPN app. The winner takes all. It is a hectic time of year right now between USFL, NASCAR, weddings, graduations, much, much more. We are always busier than ever. And if you're like me, you forget to take a second for yourself. So this season, go ahead and enjoy an ice cold Coors Light because you, I'm talking to you, deserve a beer that is made to chill. Because I'm telling you. I know I feel like I'm always on. There is literally not a second of my life that is not dedicated to something other than me, but that's gonna change. Between work, friends, million pressing social issues, you're always expected to be on 24 seven, but I am going to take a moment to turn it off and hit reset, grab a Coors Light, because it is made to chill. And look, I don't like to think for myself, so Coors Light does it for me. That can turns blue, it, it's ready to drink. I'm ready to, to hit the Coors Light when that can tells me it is nice and cold. So when I need to take a second for myself, I reach for the beer that is made to chill. Go get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. And remember to always celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health. It's cheaper even than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery and Athletic Greens has over 7000 five star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com/sgp. Again, that's athleticgreens.com/sgp to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily insurance. Back for our USFL free agents segment where we will give you some names to keep an eye on, hopefully out there on your waiver wires where you can uh, find folks that can help you win some USFL games, much like the actual rosters are in flux. Your roster should always be in flux as well uh, because you can't win if you start people that aren't starting every week, right? Uh all right let us start uh by look we're going to we're going to hit on a lot of guys on the stars because to be honest with you it's just what it is with Brian Scott throwing them the ball there's so much to love about it so you might as well just load up on your stars player we'll start with the breakout player of the week uh it was Maurice Alexander again eight catches 87 yards two touchdowns great day for him probably out there on the waiver wire because nobody knew who he was until last week
1: yeah, absolutely agreed. 25% of the target share didn't have any targets last week. I can't remember if he was inactive or not, but a player that going forward you want to you want to grab. And if he can continue to get 25% of that target share, especially coming from Brian Scott, or even if he just continues to be a red zone target, um, he's definitely somebody to, to go for and try to get on your team.
0: Turned a lot of heads. So, I mean, again, this is when you start to put stuff on film, The way he did the catches that he made contested catches uh, open catches seemed to find his way through the field when the play broke down for Brian Scott to find him in the first place. I mean this this is the kind of stuff that you were looking for as a head coach as an offensive coordinator as a quarterback that you can count on and when you're when you got one of the best quarterbacks in the league throwing you the ball. I mean again, like I said, he's he's probably out there on your waiver wire. I know he was out there on our, our waiver wire. So if he's out there on our waiver wire, you know he's out there on the real waiver wire because uh yeah, if you especially have a six, especially if you set up your league uh as per our SGPN uh, parameters and only got two bench spots, then yeah, he's probably out there on the waiver wire. So you might want to make sure to grab him. But and also look, if he's out there and and somebody has him, uh you might might be able to get something for them especially if the quarterback play uh is not as uh, to their level and you want to trade a backup quarterback that you got that's better than their quarterback uh not very many out there but i don't know try to start wheeling and dealing i guess
1: absolutely maybe somebody started with Mago and they didn't have um jamar smith and you did and so you want to target alexander uh, or something you know a trade like that it's definitely something to keep your eyes on
0: yep and again with deandre johnson being good i know that A lot of people didn't take DeAndre Johnson right away. They took Luis Perez. So, you know, there could be some deals to be made for Maurice Alexander. So I I would definitely try to load him up. We're brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The NBA playoffs are set, and PropSwap is where betters find the best odds and turn the hardwood into hard cash. PropSwap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite teams and then sell your bets whenever you want. Many Prop Swappers make thousands of dollars just by buying and selling championship futures all playoffs long. This allows you to win over and over and over and over and over, and over again without your team ever lifting the trophy. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. It's got fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales, and red hot tickets for sale you get a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap's going to match that deposit up to $500 join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well be giving away your private data to hackers, advertisers, ISP, and other prying eyes. That is why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It is literally that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. It's got an incredible offer going right now. 70% off their yearly plan for you with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free just for listening to this show. IP Vanish, super easy to use. All you got to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know that it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to IPVanish.com slash SGP. Use the promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. Again, we talked about it with, uh, with Maurice Alexander, but let's move on to DeAndre Overton, another Philadelphia player, because we love us some stars, but they are the ones that are performing right now. Uh, Overton, Three catches, 42 yards with the touchdown. And he's probably out there on your waiver wire because, again, last week was a guy that didn't necessarily uh, contribute much. And now all of a sudden, I think it's going to be a major player because he also, just like Alexander, is one that can find Brian Scott and, and open himself up to a target.
1: Yeah, he's a really good um, route runner, and he also has good awareness. So when those plays do start breaking down, it seems like he's able to get open, just like Alexander. Um, five catches for 76 yards through two weeks now and a touchdown. So um, obviously week two is kind of more of a breakout for him, and I think we could probably expect to see more of that going forward, though it'll be interesting um, with Chris Rowland to see if he comes back and what kind of target distribution will be there. But I definitely think Overton's somebody to keep an eye on.
0: Glad you brought up Roland because that was that was one of the guys that we talked about last week, right? That was that was one of our waiver wire pickup guys. Uh, unfortunately, that did not pan out because uh, he was injured, right? Or he got mm-hmm. yeah, he was injured on that on the last uh, game. So <laughs> again, man, you just never know. Like it, it just it, it happens, and you're just thinking to yourself, well, I guess this week I'll go after another one of those names. Uh, but yeah, DeAndre Overton, Maurice Alexander, two guys that you should definitely be targeting because. On the highest producing offense of the of the actual league now, uh, you got to have a piece of them. And these are the guys that weren't necessarily picked up or even drafted coming into it. So you're going to want to grab a piece of them. Move on to Houston. We talked about there not being a whole lot of things to, to feel good about in Houston. Uh, but really, one guy that, that has stood out a little bit that we think may be good going forward is Tyler Simmons. Uh, And we talked about his lines, but go ahead and talk a little bit more about Tyler Simmons.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they can keep trust in throwing to him, um, you know, 10 targets, um, if he can come down with a couple more of those, he's going to put up even bigger numbers than his 53 yards and one touchdown. So definitely something to watch. I mean, he's from a big program in Georgia, so he's from that big caliber program, not a, a new to the scene of these big games. Um, definitely somebody, if they continue to get that target share to them, that will win you some games.
0: I think, again, as Clayton Thorson begins to improve, as he gets more comfortable in this offense, uh, you know, and look, I, I know that I said it, but it was also said on the broadcast as well, that really the only team that has had any sort of leg up heading into this is Philadelphia because Brian Scott is with uh, Bart Andrews, who he was with in the spring league. So, like, these guys know each other's languages. They're speaking to each other after three or four seasons worth of actually playing together as a tandem. So there's there's really no substitute for that. And these other quarterbacks are still trying to, to get into it. And the gamblers scored 28 points, which is not bad considering what we saw last week from all of these offenses. So Tyler Simmons, yeah, if he can continue to to get the target share, uh, I, I think he's going to be a big name moving forward. So. And and out there. He's out there. I know he's out there because he didn't do anything last week. So uh, definitely look for him on the waiver wire. Uh, let's move on to Marcus Baugh of the Michigan Panthers, who once again we talked about not a whole lot to get excited about for there. But uh, a big injury here, Justin. Has Marcus Baugh looking like he might be the guy going forward at tight end?
1: Yeah, Joey Magnifico carted off. Um, did not look good. Uh we haven't had an update on that, but it definitely didn't look good. Uh Marcus Boss seems to be the guy that will take over there and will be the is it actually the number one tight end before that as far as targets go. So definitely that's going to expand even more now. Um he holds fifteen percent of the target share last week, three receptions for thirty-eight yards, thirteen percent of the target share overall through two weeks. Um, so that's definitely if you're hurting at tight end or even if you had Magnifico like I did. Um marcus baugh is somebody to keep your eye on and to target um i think just you know we say how tough this tight end position is so you could definitely do worse right
0: you've had to change your team name so many times man i know (laughs) (laughs) you're just gonna have to keep doing you are gonna be that guy that's not gonna have the same team name for two weeks in a row but that's all right uh that's that's the fun of it right
1: Right. Sometimes I, I feel like I can't do that because, um, it throws off my mojo. I'm very superstitious like that. So if I'm continuing to win, I just have to keep it. But if I'm continuing to lose, I will change my name thinking that's gotta be the reason it's gotta be my name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, if you're out there and you want to change your name, uh, find something to do with Jonathan Adams, because, uh, that man, we talked about him in the game recaps. He's just, he's Superman and. Definitely a guy that wasn't highly sought after coming into this week. Uh, a, a guy that just sort of flew off of the bench and and really grabbed the attention of everybody. Five catches, ninety two yards. Like we said this week, just a, a outstanding performance. And feels to me, if if we're gonna ride the narrative that that Kyle Sloter is going to get better and going to be a better quarterback week after week, then. Adams and any of those receivers on there, I think are going to have instant value, but I just I really did like the way Adams looked. He outshined every every pass catcher on there. Even the guys that caught the touchdown passes. it still to me seemed like Adams was the better player. so uh, he's out there on your waiver wire, I'm sure uh, because again, in the in the SGPN setups, the benches aren't deep, and Adams was not picked and not drafted.
1: Yeah, he had multiple wow catches, and I feel like wow catches just gain trust from your quarterback. And, um, so he's just going to continue to get looked at 19% target share over two weeks, 23% last week. Um, yeah, he just, he really looks the part. He looked the best of some receivers that have looked really good through two weeks. Um, so I definitely think he's the guy that if you can target just one breaker to get, he's the guy to get.
0: He is the guy to get, uh, you know, because, again, the other ones, uh, Poindexter obviously got drafted uh, really early. And then uh, Taewon Taylor might be another name, another name to keep an eye on if he's out there on the waiver wire. Uh, you know, but, again, I think it's Adams that you're looking at this week to go grab. Uh, move over to the Mahlers, where, really, there's nothing super exciting at all to look at there. Uh, but one guy that I think is is emerging a little bit is Madre London, Got some carries in there as well. So uh, I, he's creeping up to me on the list of folks I want to pay attention to. Uh, definitely not somebody who I'm, I'm going to go spend the whole farm on. But, uh, you know, again, for this, this Pittsburgh team, it wants to run the ball. So if you're going to grab a running back from that, that uh, team, the one that's already taken is already taken. Mondre London still could be out there.
1: Yeah, and even though they threw the ball more in week two, um, they're definitely a run-first team, and you can see that in their game planning. Uh, Madre London, I know he's the RB2. He has 40% of the backfield, but that's been good for 24 attempts, which is tied for eighth among running backs. So even if you're you know picking up an RB2, if he's getting that many carries, it's only a matter of time before he breaks them open, he gets some touchdowns. Um, if you're hurting at running back, he's definitely somebody to keep your eye on. Um, 24 attempts is only one less than Stevie Scott, who originally I thought was going to lead this league. Um, thought Jeff Fisher was just going to ride Stevie Scott, and but he didn't. And then London looked much improved in week two over week one. Um, had a 4.6 average this last week. So looked a lot better if that continues to stay up there. Um he's definitely somebody that can, can fill a spot for you if you're hurting at running back.
0: If you're going to run the ball 28 times, I mean, look, <laughs> that just means that both running backs are going to be in play. So if you're, if you're hurting at running back, if you need some help, uh, go look out for Madre London, who could be on the waiver wire for you. Ah, Justin, we have reached the end of the list. I love talking USFL, man.
1: It's a lot of fun. Even sitting here with a cold, I feel like I'm sniffling and clearing my throat. It's it's always fun talking USFL. Uh,
0: but it's also fun watching USFL. And we did, like I said, get treated to a lot of good games this weekend. Week three is going to be another just outstanding week that we got coming up. Uh, we got the Bandits Gamblers, Stallions Breakers. That's going to be a good one. Uh, and then we got the Maulers and the Panthers. And the Generals and the Stars, who I can't wait to see uh, that game as well. My favorite team against my favorite quarterback. It's, it's a tough call.
1: Go Stars. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I may have to root for the the Generals, uh, and, and except when they play the Stars. It's just yeah. going to be tough. Uh, all right, Justin, let everybody know where they can find you on social media once more.
1: Yep, give me a follow at Football.
0: That's right, and then find all of his hard work, his hard USFL, NFL, whatever else we ask him to do around the SGPN out there on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. As always, you can find me on Twitter, at RJ Gomez. You can find the show on Twitter, uh, at SGPN Fantasy. And, of course, make sure to follow everything that goes on on the Sports Gambling Podcast website. But until Thursday when we talk NFL, we'll return next Tuesday with more USFL talk. And Justin will- break it down with me the week 3 action. Good luck on your matchups this week and as always, let it ride.